Hi, and welcome to episode 32 of Walk to Work. Um, this is, I think I've said it before, but uh, hopefully the last, the fifth now, and last uh, episode in my Blues series. Uh, so I spent the first three explaining the concept, and then uh, last time I talked about lessons learned uh, that were generally, it worked, and have a great teaching team, uh, and give them time to, to build trust in each other uh, if they don't already know each other well. Uh, today is basically uh, what I already recorded last time, but then I split it in two, and it. Uh, so I'll go into some of the um, some last thoughts on uh, uh, teaching as a, a group of four, and how not having words uh, helps with certain things and then kind of discuss a few of the elements of uh, just uh, teaching uh, within this format uh, in general and ways I think that it works and things I think are a bit challenging um, and then wrap up also uh, with um, uh, yes wrap up with uh, formations and how our formations uh, worked out Oh yes, no, actually, I mean, wrap up with a wrap up and kind of just summarize uh, the lessons were learned because it ended up being a bit uh, rambly and since this is supposed to be lessons learned, you should have a, like, number one, number two, number three. So anyway, here goes. If you're teaching with four teachers and there's just a little bit of uh, not having had enough time to figure out to what extent you exactly agree on the very minor details of how you do leading and following, for example, um, if you're one way to really manage that is to have a class situation where people, the teachers are not using very many words uh, because it means that you don't uh, get to use enough words to get down into uh, the, the details of where uh, there might be those uh, disagreements or subtleties. Uh, and so that worked really well. It was both a kind of, oh, if we don't all agree on this thing, let's just not do it. That's an easy one. And also, uh, we can do the pared down version because although we might not, we might have quibbles about the wording we're using to describe it, uh, or we might even have quibbles about the exact detail of the movement, uh, it turns out that our four movements have something essential that is similar across all four people, and that's what we want students to pick up on. So anything that's different between us, we can just consider a noise that is... Um, that the whole purpose of the of the workshop style is to get rid of. Um, and then the the last thing I guess is uh, that uh, the 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 workshop style is the format is kind of innovative format, uh, and that's kind of both a blessing uh, and a curse uh, to me. Who I sort of feel like generally our pedagogy uh, gets a bit samey. Uh, and a bit superstitious and that all classes have to have this thing that we do it this way like we have to it's quite rare that people just show a move and say okay you saw that thing now try it watch it three times then try it out uh, i know a lot of people specifically choose that but it's still quite a rare thing generally we think oh we have a move i'm going to put all the words to explain the move rather than let people figure it out uh and so inherently, with this not talking too much, you have to let people uh, figure it out. Uh, and so inherently, this is slightly a different uh, teaching style. 
And so it means at the same time, you, uh, it's a format that encourages um, uh, being creatively solving um, teaching problems that you might solve differently if you were allowed to speak or if there was only one person uh, who was giving their opinion. Um, uh, but at the same time, because you're in already a kind of little bit of a stressful, innovative situation, uh, it makes it harder to innovate further. Um, and it makes it harder to um, at the same time as you have to with your other teachers know uh, what the content that they're teaching um, looks like what they think is important there's also about the method of their teaching uh, the, 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 what strategies they're using the how they're explaining the why they're making those decisions uh, and that's a lot to figure out, like even uh, Jess and I, after many years of teaching together and lots and lots of time discussing it, uh, there's still some things that we don't reliably know what the other thinks would be a good thing uh, in a given situation and also don't necessarily um, agree. So obviously in a four-person team with less uh, mutual knowledge, uh, that's going to be a bit of a... Uh, I mean... Concretely, it wasn't, which is interesting, but it could have been. And it also meant that uh, some things that maybe we tried to do uh, or that I would have wanted to do, it was not obvious to everyone why I wanted to do it because it was not necessarily uh, obvious even to me. So one of the things I like is that when we often have workshop weekends, we have class one, class two, class three and class four, and they have nothing to do with each other. Or they're progressive, but progressive in a here's content A, uh, and content A is a prerequisite for content B, and content B is a prerequisite for content C. Uh, and I'm trying to do more uh, interleaving. And so in your interleaving, you have here's content A, B, and C, and in class two, you're like, here's content A, and we're going to take a little bit further, and here's content B, we're just going to revise it, and here's content C prime that is kind of the same as content C, but different. Uh, and so you build your classes with uh, deliberate, rep deliberate spaced repetition. Um, doing that, figuring out a class plan for that with four people and kind of each of us holding in our mind the opportunities uh, for uh, spaced repetition uh, and then knowing when we're executing them. Um, that, that would have been challenging to do. And it kind of turned out that we sort of gravitated certain things more towards day one and then application more than spaced repetition uh, in day two. Um, and that's also just because, yeah, holding an eight hour class plan in four different uh, brains is, is quite a challenge. Um, I really like the, the force nonverbal. Uh, because I'm a huge talker and so it kind of stopped me from talking quite as much as I would have wanted uh, and that was uh, generally something I observed as a good thing. Uh, I also like the not breaking down so much but also being forced uh, to, if I have the crutch of words I can start off a move uh, a sequence um, that's quite complicated and sure that's fine but it's probably, in most cases, better instead of doing something complicated straight away and using words to make up for the fact it's complicated, is you start with something simple and then you gradually increase complexity. 
Uh, and I think, and I'm not sure that we ever phrased it that way amongst each other, but I'm pretty sure that that's exactly what we did with each of our, uh, we built up quite a few sort of drills uh, and that worked out well. Um, problems with not speaking, uh, well, a good thing with not speaking is you have to pick your words carefully when you get to use them. Uh, the problem uh, is uh, that uh, you speak for different reasons uh, and it's difficult always to know why you're speaking. Are you giving instruction um, that is class instruction? So now I would like you to change partners. Are you giving instruction that is movement instruction? Now I would like you to step on your left leg. Are you giving instruction that is movement coordination instruction? I would like us to do all this at the same time, ready and go. Um, are you giving instruction that is uh, just giving a label to what you're doing? Uh, so we did two movements, uh, we did pulse A and pulse B, this is pulse A, this is pulse B. Uh, another version of that is if you have uh, a version that you're seeing in students and you think it's wrong or unpreferable and you have an alternative version that is preferable, showing a movement that is wrong is always an issue in dance classes because people's eyes uh, don't sort of independently know that the movement is right or wrong. And it's not always clear uh, which one you're showing when, uh, and people just remember the wrong movement as much as they remember the right movement. Uh, but there it was extra difficult to show, oh, hey, at this moment, you're doing this weird, this thing, this weird thing, that's a bit mean. <laughs> uh, you're doing this thing and I would like you to do this other thing. Uh, how do you show and label this is the wrong thing? So adding labels to things is good uh, and Again, yeah, it forces you to choose your words more carefully and to have a bit of a think. And so I want to follow through actually uh, with uh, talking uh, in another episode uh, about labels and how we use them. I thought we get a, got a really nice progression of classes that sort of, the classes were a little bit different instead of, it could have been easy to make them kind of all a bit samey. And that would have been difficult, as we've said before, to manage energy uh, in the room. Uh, so I thought we did a good variety of classes, a good variety of progressions. So sometimes uh, we took something and continued doing it in the next class. Yeah, we were quite flexible with that, by the way. Uh, although we kind of had uh, hours and breaks uh, that we scheduled and mostly stuck to, uh, we also extended them. And also, if we weren't done with something in one class, we would often continue it in another um, and then drop some material at the end. Uh, over planning is always uh, fun. Oh yeah, I thought that was a really interesting one. So there's this sort of, uh, I haven't ranted much yet uh, about AVK, uh, audio visual kinesthetic, uh, and how um, um, this is mostly uh, a myth and mostly wrong. Um, one of the things I'm interested in is uh, problem-based learning. The idea that if you set up problems to be solved as a group, uh, you allow people to learn if you do it the right way or you help people learn uh, and um, one of the ways that you can set up a problem is to deliberately leave out uh, information so uh, you could show a movement and deliberately leave out what the counts are or leave out which steps you step or leave out anything you could describe and then you don't see that as a failing in your teaching. You see that as um, information that you want students to figure out. 
so students figuring out information um, uh, is a really good uh, added feature of uh, not having words. Uh, the drawback I found uh, was that students then also didn't talk. We were wanting them to give each other feedback. They didn't do that very much. We were wanting them to uh, be proactive in asking us questions and in requesting feedback from us. Uh, and they didn't do that very much either. I think just because generally that's not a thing that students are particularly um, trained to do in the blues scene. And also because our not talking uh, modeled not talking to them. Uh, so in day two, we made sure to model giving feedback to each other uh, a lot more and I think we, uh, we, we did quite well with that. Uh, but it, uh, it definitely was uh, the major, the, the only major thing that I would have wanted to work better would I, I would have wanted us to set that up so that students were giving each other more verbal feedback and that they were more proactive in asking us questions rather than waiting for us to come to them. And so I think uh, that leads into kind of the last uh, thing I wanted to talk about was the way we didn't um, or did help with this with our formations. Um, so first, the, the formation uh, that I kind of think of as African dance of moving across the room with a movement. And then when you get to the end, you turn around and you go back uh, up the sides. And so you have an intense period of progression and then you have a chill out period while you come back and then you have a kind of watch and prepare uh, as you wait to go forward. Uh, and because there were a lot of people and we were in rows generally of four, uh, 40 students, it meant you had 10 rows. And so it meant when we were going forward with lines and we were making that transition, then the last person, maybe you would ideally have 10 seconds at least between rows going um, and you're going to have 10 rows, so the last person uh, is going to be waiting almost two minutes before they actually get to go. Um, and convincing people that that's going to be okay uh, is kind of a stressful one. Um, it was, I think, fairly obvious that we were keeping uh, rotating back and so that every row had someone in front of them to show them, or every two rows had someone in front of them to show them. Uh, but people were still very antsy uh, about that. And we didn't care that much, so we didn't really try to fix it. Um, uh, I, I would have liked it to have gone a little bit better, ideally. And so maybe I'd consider doing something different another time. And then our flight round uh, was intended for students to be talkative with each other, to change partners often and they tended to kind of we have this thing in general like oh if you have live music and it's a 10 minute song at the end of five minutes when you're done you can just say thank you and be done uh, and in our modern partner dance community uh, or white partner dance community we're kind of let's wait till the end of the song Ooh, live music has super long songs we don't like that feature of live music um, and so that would be also a good opportunity to have would have been a good opportunity to practice that. Um, and so students didn't change partners very often because in flight round they were supposed to change partners spontaneously and spend some time solo between partners. Um, and in flight round they were also supposed to call us to them. And I don't know if it's because there were just few of us uh, for the number and so they didn't feel open to calling us like people did but uh, not 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 overwhelmingly uh, 
And so I think that that particular formation, if we wanted it to be the students talking and interacting and proactively soliciting us, um, I don't know how we would have done it better, but I think I would do something uh, different to, to facilitate that. Uh, last thoughts, yeah, someone who's been following this series was like, hey Greg, you know what would be really great would be to hear the opinion of your other teachers. Uh, and that's something um, that uh, I would love to do and also to get uh, Biggie in particular's uh, opinion because she's slightly changing it I think for next year and I'd love to hear more about what her plans are for that. Uh, maybe that will happen at some point. It's very easy for me to record this podcast on my own. Much more difficult probably to try to get guests in but it would be really valuable and I would love to hear uh, from each of them what uh, what they thought and what their lessons learned are. My lessons learned. Ha. So to summarise them, uh, the format really, really works. If you're an organiser, if you're a teacher, I would encourage you to do a format that's similar to this one and see how it works out for you. And this is actually advice for myself because since then uh, it's been several months and I haven't retaught like that very much. Uh, I'm not quite sure why. Uh, I guess expectations from local classes or even local workshops, which is the only things I've taught recently, uh, have to do with that. Not sure. Uh, the second, uh, and the reasons, the reason that this works is, well, you're dancing a lot. You're activating your learning by watching and so you're watching the whole thing and not just uh, whatever the teacher is um, making salient to you. Uh, and you have the opportunity to uh, get the movement from four different bodies um, and to kind of figure out your own version of that movement instead of trying, it's a lot easier to do that than if you only have movement from one or two bodies. Uh, the next is having a diversity of teachers, by which I mean teachers who aren't super used to teaching with each other. Uh, I think the format really benefits from that because then you have that diversity uh, of ideas and opinions um, and uh, it helps the format, uh, no the format helps it uh, in that uh, one way of having a really coherent class from people with divergent opinions is slightly preventing them from uh, expressing those opinions too much. And then you find kind of common ground in movement. Um, and that's a really interesting way of helping students integrate the diversity of ideas that there are across uh, the dance community uh, amongst different pools of teachers. The next one is the challenge of having um, a diversity. Uh, the challenge of not uh, having a um, common materials and so then having the prep time and having the paid prep time really good uh, and having also the awareness that it's not only your common materials that you don't have it's also your common um, preferences of how you like to teach 
and how you would like to teach in this special new format uh, that isn't necessarily given and it's worth sharing and kind of being aware that you don't have that uh, and that then relates to trust uh, in that well ideally professional teachers uh, they can trust each other to, uh, to teach well and that's what worked really well for us um, but or from my perspective anyway um, but because you're not familiar with the other person's materials and you're not familiar with how the other person prefers to teach uh, it can take a lot of work to kind of, you don't want to be the person in class who doesn't know what's going on. Uh, uh, and so if suddenly some, what the person, what uh, your co-teacher does, uh, throws you for a loop, is that the expression? Yes. Uh, you'd be, uh, it takes a little bit of time to recover and you have to really work on the trust, uh, that this thing that they're just doing, although it doesn't necessarily make sense to you, really, really makes sense and is the, the thing that's supposed to be happening right now. Um, the not talking has uh, a bunch of, uh, yeah, it has a bunch of consequences that kind of make for an innovative situation, but... Um, Uh, pull, pull back from that situation, take away from that situation as well, in that um, the, format, the, the, the format is forcing you to innovate in your teaching, but the having four diverse teachers and having a new format in which to, that you're not necessarily used to uh, is also making it more difficult for you to innovate. So if you have certain things that you really care about making happen, like for me, this problem-based learning, uh, the um, spaced repetition the choosing what you label uh, and using labels wisely, um, the, uh, I don't know, I'm, I would have to think about some of the things that I really want to bring more of into my teaching and that I think this would be a good opportunity to do. Um, you have to, everyone kind of has to know that and everyone uh, has to agree with that. Uh, and it's going to just make it more difficult because you're doing a new thing in a new format. So there's a little bit of a paradox tension uh, there that the new format kind of, if you don't think about it, could encourage you to be less innovative uh, in your teaching. Um, and last is just a challenge of not speaking. Uh, there's an energy challenge and there's a getting students speaking challenge. Um, both of those I don't really, I think we solved the energy one, uh, I think we kind of solved the getting, we didn't do quite as well with the getting students talking one, uh, and that's a really interesting challenge. So, those, those are the, the, the lessons, totally do it, um, here's some hints of how you can do it, both as an organiser and as a teacher, and try it out, even in your local classes, like try teaching, speaking half as much as you normally would while teaching, try um, just showing the movement uh, and deliberately not explaining what you're doing and let students wrestle with it a little bit. It gives them an opportunity for collaboration, it gives them an opportunity to work things out in their own heads. Um, it will scare them a little bit uh, so you can say, hey it's okay for you not to, to, to get it uh, and we will explain this later but first we'd like you to just try it out for yourselves. Um, and if you're a student, <laughs> this is a funny one I just thought, uh, you can also kind of ignore what the teacher's saying, just watch what the teacher's doing and see where that gets you. Not sure that's a very collaborative, uh, good student thing to do in class, uh, but 
uh, yeah, I just thought of it. Why not? Uh, I'm actually finally finished with this topic. I will see you next time. And until then, take care.